Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we play Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income Radio Show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today I want to share with you a blog post that I read online that really blessed me. I just got back from a, a short little business trip earlier this week, and I read part of this as the devotional that I was um, tasked with bringing to the group, and it was just so good. It ministered to me so much, and I pray that it blesses you it's a little long, but I'm going to read it all because I think it's so good. I'll put the link in it in the show notes to this so you can read it for yourself. And I want to expound on this a little bit at the end on just what this meant to me. Uh, this kind of piggybacks on a episode, on an episode that I did back in November, November 17th, uh, episode 223 called How to Be Led Right into Success. And... I want to read this for you. So it's guy from a guy named Michael Pink. And my friend Shane Sams has interviewed him on his podcast. And I'm in actually in Michael's group. He's re- written some really, really good books about um, essentially about sales and business. Uh, he's got the a program called the Jesus School of Business. And I just really love his stuff. But um, let me start here. It's called An Important Word for 2024. And he says here, a timely and important word for you and me in preparation for 2024. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. That's Psalm 37, 23. And then a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 16, 9. I write this blog somehow, knowing that the truth of those scriptures will provide much needed assurance in the coming year. To understand that, let me share a couple personal stories with you. In the summer of 1978, as a young copier salesman on straight commission, I arrived early at the office to pray. I needed all the help I could get. While praying for the day, I suddenly saw a picture of myself in the future, standing in an arena with 5,000 plus people in attendance. In this vision, I was the speaker at a secular event. The thing was, though, I was too scared to do a copier demonstration in front of more than two people, let alone speak to thousands in arena in an arena at some secular event. It was never even a remote aspiration of mine. Almost 30 years later, upon returning from Panama, I called my administrator, Cheryl, to get caught up on things. She told me that the largest seminar company in the world had called and invited me to speak at a few events with men like Zig Ziglar, Robert Schuler, Brian Tracy, etc. I told her that I would pray about that, but she told me I was too late. She had already accepted on my behalf. So a few weeks later, as I was behind stage at my second of three events, I asked my host how many folks were in the arena. Turned out there were 5,500. At that very moment, I was being introduced to a secular audience. I realized this was what God had shown me in my early 20s. I was overcome with emotion as my name was called, and I had to run up on stage and give my talk. The thing is, not only had I never desired this, but I had done nothing intentionally that would ever create such an opportunity. My steps were ordered by God, even though I was completely unaware until the final moment. This was not a coincidence, which is I, which is which I believe is why He told me many years in advance, so I would realize it was Him. It had always been Him. But there's much more. Back to February of 1985, I had lost my marriage, my children, my homes, cars, everything. I had gone from feeling on top of the world to feeling quite buried under it. 
As I woke up on the couch of our friend's home where I was staying, I turned on the television to help me wake up. The 700 Club was on, and while watching, the image on the screen appeared to change. To my astonishment, I saw myself being interviewed, and I saw my name on the screen. Of course, it wasn't possible, that, but that's what I saw. It so freaked me out that I shut the TV off and went for a walk to pray and ask God what had just happened. I had never once in my life thought about being interviewed on Christian television, let alone the number one rated Christian TV program in the world. After all, I felt like a complete failure and was dead broke and spiritually depleted. In my prayer walk with him, I asked God one question, will I ever be established again? He replied by telling me to look up 2 Chronicles 7.17. Here's what I read. And as for thee, if you walk before me, as David thy father walked, and do according to all that I have commanded thee, and shalt observe my statutes and my judgments, verse 18 continues, then I will establish. This was a word from God for Solomon, but it was also a direct answer to my question. I was not previously familiar with that passage. Hadn't read the Bible in far too long, but I knew he had just spoken directly to me. I told him that I would do my part and tell everyone about him, but if he didn't do his part, I, could, I couldn't tell anyone. When he got through laughing, it was on. I would love to tell you the amazing, hard to believe, but true story of what happened in the next few hours, but it will make this story too long, and I don't want to lose sight of the big reason I'm telling you this. Fast forward about six years, and we had just written Psalm 91, The Ultimate Shield, in response to Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Our first print run of 25,000 was sold out in three weeks. The next 25,000 copies were sold out before they came off the press, as was the next print run of 40,000 copies. We had a runaway bestseller on our hands. We literally could not print them fast enough. So I called the 700 Club and got them interested in covering the story. They sent out a film crew to interview me, film the books coming off the press. I was, in, in effect, trying to bring about the vision of me being on the show that I'd seen in 1985. It was working. But then... The war stopped my neck, but then the war stopped while my next print run of 65,000 books was coming off the press. Nobody wanted them, and the 700 Club never aired the story. So much for me trying to make that work. It was a bit like Abraham trying to fulfill God's promise for a son via Hagar instead of Sarah. Skipping ahead to the year 2000, I had just finished writing Selling Among Wolves without joining the pack and was a guest of the publisher at the annual Christian Booksellers Convention being held that year in New Orleans. A group of women approached a booth where I was and asked if I knew who wrote Selling Among Wolves prominently on display. I lightheartedly told them that I did know because I happened to be married to his wife. Once they got past my attempt at humor, they asked me what qualified me to write such a book. As it turned out, the woman asking the questions was the senior guest coordinator at the 700 Club. After a brief discussion, she invited me to be on the show, and I was booked for an October interview. Finally, this was it, I thought. The fulfillment of that vision I had seen some 15 years earlier. On the day of the interview, as I was getting dressed in my room on location, a call came in to inform me that the live interview would not happen due to events unfolding in Israel. However, because I was there, they would still do the interview, and it would just air the next day. But the uprising in Israel continued, and my interview got kicked down the road day after day, week after week, until I finally accepted it too would not happen. That brings me to January of 2001. In a rather spontaneous moment, with circumstances perfectly timed, we decided to go to Sarasota, Florida to consider moving there. On the last day of fruitless searching, as I was walking out 
of yet another real estate development office, I heard a salesman calling after me, sir, sir, but I pretended not to hear him and hurried to my car. Being the persistent kind of fellow, the semi-retired realtor followed me to my car where I still pretended not to hear him. That is until he knocked on my driver's side window. Reluctantly, I rolled down the window and heard him tell me about what he thought would be the ideal place for us. He arranged a viewing on the spot and we went over to the home. We loved it and put an offer on it, arranging for the closing for the end of February. It had been 20 years since I had a home in my name, so this was exciting for me to be finally once again putting down roots. For reasons I no longer recall, after signing the contracts, the closing date was moved forward to February 19th. If that, had, if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be telling you this story because on the day we closed and took possession of our home where I was finally, quote, being established again, something else was happening. As the movers began to unload, the realtor dropped by and said, my son says he saw you on TV today. I assured him I had been nowhere near a TV st studio and his son was mistaken. A few hours later, he came back and said he called his son and his son insisted he had in fact seen me on television that very morning. So I asked him where his son lived. Turns out he lived in Missouri. So I told him I had never been to Missouri and I had never done a TV interview there. His son must be mistaken. But after he left and after United Van Lines had finished unloading the truck, I began to wonder if perhaps the 700 Club had finally aired the program. So late that night, I put the small TV on a box, plugged it into cable, and watched the replay of that morning's show. Well, guess what? It was the interview I had done back in October of 2000. And I saw myself on the screen with my name on the screen, just as I had seen 16 years earlier. On the very day I was being established again, my 700 Club interview was also airing, just like God had showed me. So the other day, as I was sharing parts of the story with my dear friend and esteemed colleague, Eric Beck, who helped put Michael Gerber and Emeth on, on the map back in 2001, the profundity of it hit me like never before. Was it in fact true that the steps of a righteous man were ordered of the Lord? Was it true that though we plan our ways, God directs our steps? Was it possible that he directs our steps when we have no clue he is doing that? Well, of course it's true, but it's also infinitely deep. Not only had I done nothing consciously to make this happen, but think of all the moving pieces that had to happen with the cooperation of many others, none of whom had any idea they were also playing a part in this preordained script. The 700 Club had to kick the show down the road for months and then settle on February 8, 19th to air it. I have no idea who made that decision. The closing, in a, in a closing attorney and both realtors had to change their schedule to February 19th for reasons I no longer remember. My realtor's adult son in Missouri had to be watching the 700 Club that morning and must have also heard from his father that I was an author. The realtor had to persist and chase me down in the parking lot and then try to convince me that I really was on TV that day when I just thought he was mistaken. The 700 Club had to be airing the same replay the same day, but at night, and that show had to be available on whatever cable outlet we had arranged at a time when everything had slowed down for the day. Had we moved in a day earlier or a day later, I never would have seen the show and would have missed out on that divine connection. Moving into, into the new home would have been nice, but I would have never realized God's hand in it. It all had to work together for good, and it did without me or anyone else knowingly trying to make it happen. So when Judy and I were discussing this the other night, and we talked about some amazing things like this in her life where God had shown her precise glimpses of the future, 
that later came to pass, we ask God, why would these, why would he show these things in advance? And I wondered how many times was God working behind the scenes where he hadn't foretold us? Was it possible that he was always at work and only on occasion told us in advance so we would know to never take credit? After all, the glory does belong to him. I believe it was so we would know that God is directing our steps when we don't even have a clue he is doing it. He's working on our behalf, arranging circumstances for our good. And we too often think that we're the ones that are smart and making things happen. Had he not shown me in advance, I never would have really realized that it was him. It's always been him. Though I do make plans in the end, he directs my steps. Job's four, Job 14, 16 says he counts our steps. Matthew 10, 30 says he numbers our hairs. He is intimately involved in our lives. As Solomon said in Proverbs 20, 24, a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? It is indeed a mystery to me. Whereas Jeremiah said, O oh Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Add to that that Jesus said, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? So all this time I have spent worrying about things in my life or trying to, quote, make it happen was completely unnecessary. Yes, we are to be about our Father's business and to work heartily as unto the Lord, but it adds nothing good when we stress or worry about outcomes. Proverbs 16.3 says, Commit your works to the Lord, and He will establish your thoughts. When His thoughts become yours, run with confidence the race set before you, knowing that He is arranging things far too wonderful for you to comprehend or plan. Put your trust, your absolute full and complete trust in Him, and watch to see what He will do. When this really sinks into your heart, you will have found that you're on your way to becoming a rain catcher instead of being under the pressure of being what the world likes to think of as a rain maker. In 2024, I am committed to resting in the realization that he is directing my steps more than I had ever previously imagined. I encourage you to do the same. I have so much more I could tell you about this, but I will leave that for another time. I wrote this today and I'm sending it now because your 2024 will be so much happier for you if you will rest in this truth. If you don't rest in it and insist instead on being Mr. or Mrs. Make it happen, you will most likely have some measure of success, but it's the kind that the Bible calls wood, hay, and stubble. They are works and they may be impressive, but they'll burn up. As we head into 2024, it is imperative that we learn to really, I mean really trust him. You and I are both going to need this like never before. So let's get started now and expect a glorious year of amazing outcomes where God and God alone gets all the glory. Wow, isn't that good? I mean, for me, that just really blessed me when I read it. And I want to read Proverbs 16.3 from the Amplified Version. I've read this on this podcast before, but it, man, got to keep hearing it. Um, it says, roll your works upon the Lord, commit and trust them wholly to him. He will cause your thoughts to become agreeable to his will. And so shall your plans be established and succeed. 
And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I know you probably heard this. Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know, recognize, and acknowledge him, and he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. That episode back in November, I was sharing some personal stories of of things that happened in my life to where um, I could not have orchestrated it. It's like, you know, I'm just a part of this big chess match and, and God sees all the pieces. He sees it from way up here and I'm down here and he's just caused things to work out perfectly in my life that I never in my wildest dreams could have planned or made possible on my own. There's a, a scripture in, in Psalms in the Passion Translation that I love. It's, uh, let's see here, Psalms 37, verse 5. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. And read that again. Give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. In the notes below this, it says the Hebrew uses the word commit, which means to roll over your burdens on the Lord. So guys, 2024, let's just roll our burdens on the Lord. Let's roll our life over to him. Let's let him, let's trust him along the way and find that he pulled it off perfectly. I can, you know, when I look back at my life, <clears throat> I can see so many instances where things happened that I never could have ever planned. You know, just real quick, I think about, you know, how I went from, you know, only selling on Amazon to building an email list and teaching people how to do this stuff. We were selling wholesale. And I, I say the word stumbled across, but I know the Holy Spirit led me to it. I wasn't looking for it, but we were um, selling wholesale. And I found a place online that allowed people to create wholesale accounts very easily. You didn't have to talk to anybody. And I've, you know, if you're an Amazon seller, you always know that, man, I, I hope they'll, they'll allow me to sell this on Amazon. Well, you didn't have to talk to any rep. You could let it was one location online. Uh, and this has been like 2013, many years ago, where you could put in your information, create an account. And with that one account, you had access to all these suppliers with that same login and I could order from any of them and have it shipped to my house and we were able to process it and send it off to Amazon. And that was amazing. And so because of, I found that I wrote a little book called real wholesale sources. And I added in there some information on how I was using it, how I would, um, you know, navigate that, how I navigated the pages, what I would look for, uh, the parameters I would use on, you know, what would be a good deal and what wouldn't. And so I made a book out of it and I partnered with my friend Jim Cockrum on that. And we sold thousands of copies of that little ebook and it, um, it started my email list. And from that it's grown into what it is now. And now I have a podcast and I wasn't looking for an opportunity like that. It just fell into my lap. And then when we were, um, selling on Amazon, I ran across a private label course <clears throat> that I just felt led to take. And so I took that course and then we um, launched a mattress protector brand. And so let me tell you that real quick. It's just another God story of where like God just orchestrated this perfectly in my life. So I, we decided on a mattress protector 
And because we were selling furniture, it kind of made sense with what we were doing. So I went to the the supplier, the manufacturer of mattresses here locally that we were buying some mattresses from. And I asked them, could you make a mattress protector for us? Because we want to build this brand. They said, sure, we could do that. However, it would be cheaper if you just ordered them from the wholesale supplier down the road in Dallas instead of having us make it. So I contacted them. And so I wasn't trying to sell their brand. I wanted to have my own brand. So I thought, you know what? What if I just asked them if I can take their product out of the package and put it into my own packaging? And so I asked them on the phone, um, I want to buy your products. I want to sell. I want to create my own brand of mattress protector. Can I take your mattress protector, pull it out of the package, and make it my own brand? I'm like, sure. We don't care what you do with it afterwards. And guys, private label the easy way. That book and that membership community that I had for for several years was born on that day just by that that one question. We called it the magic question. And I'm here. I'm telling you that because when we were moving into this house that we're in now, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Um, we were looking at houses to buy. We felt led. We needed to move. We wanted to have another place. Um, and this neighborhood was. Um, way we thought would was way above our price range and we talked to the the people at the model home and just told them yeah this is just you know more than but they worked with us got us a number that we felt kind of comfortable with the only reason we moved forward was because we knew it was god and we just felt led to do it but in the back of my mind man guys i'll be honest with you i was nervous like how are we going to you know do this and you know um it was a big jump from what we were paying before it was six times what we were paying before. Now, I'll be honest, we were paying very little. My mother-in-law hooked us up with, like, with a killer deal on the house that she owned at the time, and we were renting from her, so it was a great deal. Um, but it was going to be a jump of uh, six times what we were paying her. Big, big deal for us. And as we were walking through this house that was being built, and like, God, you know, you've got to come through on this. And um, But we knew it was him. And doesn't mean we weren't nervous about it, especially me, the one paying all the bills and, you know, uh, you know, running the business. My wife was very much involved in the business too, but she was so busy with the decisions on the house that it was me. It was thinking about how we're going to pay for this thing. But guys, God caused those mattress protectors to take off. And for many years, it paid our mortgage. And it wasn't, we didn't even have those mattress protectors going yet. By the time we moved in, it was just a little bit later after we moved in that, that started to happen. So God was in it all along. He knew how it was going to happen. I didn't know how. He knew how. And I just had to trust him along the way. And he's pulled it off perfectly. So I want to, to encourage that you with that, that whatever you're facing today, you know, think back to all the times in your life to where you, you think about, man, that was God. And that was God. And oh my goodness, like he had to cause this to happen and this to happen for that to come about. You know, in, in that um, episode in November, I talk about how I met my wife and I was in Indiana and she was here in Texas and, you know, we didn't meet online. And that was barely when online platforms like were even coming about. So it was still a little bit odd to say you were, you met online. Well, God caused me to um, reach out to a ministry that she worked for because I was working for a congressman in Indiana and to tell them that, that there was a guy in Congress that was a believer that cared about what they care about. And so that prompting to reach out to that ministry set off a series of events that caused me to meet her. And it just, there's just no way 
I could have ever orchestrated that. And in the natural, there's no way I should have ever met her. But God had to cause these, this thing to happen, which caused me to meet this guy, which caused me to meet this guy, which caused me to come down here for a while, for a couple of weeks uh, to, to volunteer at the ministry because I had some time off at the end of that year. And just these series of events that have caused, that happened, that put me where I am now and being happily married. And now we have a son and like, guys, I just, you know, I can't imagine my life any different. And so it's always been him. It has always been him. He's, he's caused things to happen in the background that I probably don't even know about the things that happened, happened to our business, the things that I've quote stumbled across that it's always been him directing our steps. So hope that encourages you today. They encourage me. Um, and, um, you know, to, to, in 2024, that's just, you know, fully, fully, fully trust. Love you guys. I'll see you in the next episode. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.